All right, and it is episode number three of the Kitchen Sink ENM and King podcast. I am your host, Pedro, along with the beautiful Tink. Hi, everybody. And it is Sunday night because normally we record on Saturday nights, uh, but we had a pretty rough thunderstorm last night. And everybody would have been able to hear it. They wouldn't be able to hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> I literally thought we were going to get a tornado the way the wind was blowing. Yeah, it was pretty nasty out last night. So we had to uh, move our recording up a day. So it is Sunday night. And uh, hopefully I can get this out by Monday morning. That would be sweet. That's going to be uh, quite the challenge. I think but we can do it. <laughs> we... Uh, we're talking about a fun topic today. We're going to get into kink and BDSM more because we've been touching a lot on poly and swing and yeah. all that fun stuff. So today's episode is going to focus on kink and BDSM. Um, we wanted to have some guests on, but we just couldn't make the schedules line up. So they'll be on a different time and we'll get more into this stuff. This is just going to be like a or a newbie's overview. Yeah. Of, and like our take on it. Yeah. So, but we do have um, some in the works for being uh, on with us. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yes, it will. Okay. So let's get right into it and let's start talking about kinks and fetishes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> fetishes. It's kinky. All right. So, uh, what is a kink and what is a fetish? That's everyone seems to use the terms kind of inter intermingled. Inter, yeah, yeah. Like one is the other, but that's not necessarily the case. It's really not. They are they are they're similar in some aspects, but they do have quite a bit of a difference in when you really kind of look at them and take them apart and go, oh, okay, this one's more like this and this one's more kind of like that. Exactly. So from what I looked up, mm-hmm. okay, um, I have a kink is a term used almost as an umbrella term for any type of erotic interest, behaviors, practices, relationships, and identities outside of the mainstream. So basically everything is a kink in its own right. Technically, yeah. And what I had found was that it's even kind of a kink kind of files under like your preference of what you like that falls technically outside of what is considered normal in today's society. Exactly. So if it's outside the mainstream. Yeah. It, it's a kink. It's a kink. <laughs> you know, so if it's not missionary, you know, at eight o'clock at, at night, you know. And it can't be a Wednesday or a Sunday. Yeah. It, it can be like a Monday or a Tuesday or, or a Thursday or maybe Friday, right? Just so depending. That would classify you as kinky to right. some people, right? 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 So a fetish, though. Now, a fetish is described as an enduring fascination with specific sensory stimuli, including specific body parts or inanimate objects. Now, these body parts are not the genitals, though. No, that's what makes it different than a kink. Right. Is uh, these fetishes generally are described as fixations or obsessions, such as high heels or boots, feet, armpits. Latex. Yeah. Um, And 
now I, I got this definition from a psychologist, Dr. Richard Sprott. Okay. He's a, a developmental psychologist who specializes in health and identity development and sexuality. Mm, okay. um, he's out in San Francisco. Um, he does a lot of work in the kink community. So he's got a good understanding. Yeah. And, you know, for those of our listeners out there who need a uh, an educated description of what this is, you know, that comes from somebody with a doctorate's degree. There you go. <laughs> um, but to sum that up, all fetishes are kinks, but not all kinks are fetishes, since not all kinks involve a fascination with a specific object or body part. Okay. okay. So, all fetishes are kinks, <laughs> but, but not, not all, all kinks, kinks are, are fetishes. fetishes. Okay. So, <laughs> now that we have that out of the way... Um, what would you say some of your kinks might be? Some of my kinks. Well, I mean, I guess what's technically not what's technically a kink is me being a submissive. That's not normal. That's not something society is like, "Oh yeah, you know, that's okay." Except, well, I guess, you know, the, right. the housewife would be considered technically a, a submissive in a way. But it's not the same in in, in our role anyway. Right. Our dynamic is not like that. Ours is a little bit more advanced. Right. So that's going to get into the next section that we're going to do on BDSM. Right. Um, but yeah, so a kink can involve a power exchange. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, oh, I mean, I guess another kind of, well, I mean, it kind of falls into a lot of things, but there's the whole age play that can come about too. Where, you know, for me, I kind of, yes, I'm 31, but I act more like I'm 16. Right. And now for our listeners who don't know anything about age play, Mm -hmm. that is not describing that you're trying to be a 16-year-old. No, no. (laughs) It just means that I am not always mature and I'm like silly and I have fun and I'm energetic and I'm bubbly and I'm all over the place. Right. You act like a teenager. Yes, I act like a teenager even though I'm 31. Right. So how about some fetishes? Do you have any fetishes? Oh, fetishes. Okay. So I guess my own fetish that I've come to find out is that I absolutely love wearing fishnet stockings. Okay. Paired with my latex, like, PVC-looking boots. Gotcha. Those, I don't know what it is, but I put those on, and I'm just, like, total in-my-zone kind of thing. So now, when you wear that stuff, does that uh, increase your arousal? Yes. A lot. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's like an instant, as soon as I just get them on my skin, and then I get my boots on, I'm already just, like, my wheels in my head are just turning, and I, I like everything about my whole demeanor changes and I'm just more sexually turned on. And does anything about the texture of it or anything like do anything for you? Or is it just like a mental thing that, that you're wearing them? I think it's more of a mental thing that I'm wearing them. Okay. Cause it's not so much like the feeling of it. Now, technically I do like blanket feels. So like really, really soft blankets like that can turn me on. It's probably why I like the one blanket on her bed. <laughs> Okay, so 
Basically, you get turned on at night because we sleep on a blanket that you like. And it's the blanket, not me, that you're actually getting all Oh, no, for. that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I'm it's just, more, I mean, like, that kind of starts it because I'm like, oh, nice. This feels so good on my body and my skin. And then, like, you poke me in the butt with Pedro. And I'm like, oh, hey. So basically what you're saying is I've been replaced by a blanket. <laughs> no. That is not it. No. I think that's completely it. <laughs> but it's okay. Whatever makes you happy. I was going to say, do I need to throw this blanket out now? <laughs> no. Okay. All right, so... So what are your kinks uh, that you have? My kinks would probably be um, that also the DS stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, bondage. Okay. Impact play. Uh, I like knife play, needle play, suspension, um, humiliation, degradation. All those things. Yeah, you know, all that fun stuff that we'll get into in a later episode. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned it, though, because then I don't have to say it twice. And, like, mine's just, like, the little things, but, like, obviously, since we're together, we're into the same things. Yeah, it's Except okay. for the needle play. But I have been thinking about the knife play. I'm not going to lie. We'll see. I have been thinking about it lately. It might have been from that book I read. <laughs> <laughs> and as we'll get into, I mean, that that was a hard limit. It too, was, yeah. And those can change over time. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that here soon. Um, now, as far as fetishes. Yeah, do you have any? I can't really say that I do. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't know, like, there's no... Like, like, there's not anything that, like, stands out for you that you're like, oh, I really kind of like that for some reason? Mm-mm. I'm kind of boring. You're kind of boring. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, like, if you would consider, like, uh, a cum play or... I mean, that could be considered a fetish. Because I am into that. Yeah. But I don't know if that's more of a kink, because it's not really an inanimate object, it's bodily fluid and yeah. it's not a body and it's part. not really for you like pers- well i mean in a way like you're a part of it but right. it's not really doing right i'm not doing anything right it. right you're what somebody right it's it's someone else doing something with it for you that yeah, you're so i don't know so for listeners if you can tell me if that's a fetish or not or if it's just a kink you know i'm all ears because i think that would be the only fetish that i really have because i'm not a feet guy i'm not no, you're not I don't care about heels, lingerie, anything like that. No, you just like seeing a naked body. Yeah. And that's enough for you. Like the lingerie makes it look prettier, right. but it doesn't make it doesn't take away from the actual beauty. You're just kinda like it looks better on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I don't do like the worn panties thing, you know, no, I mean, like that. There there are a lot of guys that like the worn panties and I think it has a lot to do with the scent of the female. Um, and they then use that for their own extracurricular activities. Right, which I can understand. I mean, but like for me, I can smell you anytime. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't have to have a pair of panties to do that. No. Um, But yeah, so I don't really think I have any fetishes. No. So hopefully when we get some other uh, uh, kinky guests on here, they'll have something fun that we can talk about. I'm sure they definitely would. Because, I mean... It's super popular. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like you have to be ashamed if you have a fetish. Because no. Everybody of, has some form of a fetish. Yeah, apparently except for me. <laughs> You're just the oddball. 
I mean, I have a lot of kinks. Yeah. But not really any fetishes. Right. So I feel okay in my kinkiness when it comes to that. That's good. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up with uh, kinks and fetishes? Or um, are we ready to move on? I think we've pretty much touched base. So I th- I think we can pretty much move on. Okay. Now, with these types of shows, like the more educational shows, as the show becomes more popular and we get some listener feedback and questions and stuff, we'll mm-hmm. be able to answer all your questions. You know, we'll put in the research for you and uh, we'll discuss that. But uh, that'll be fun. Right now, I mean, we're just kind of given an overview of these things for the new the new people that may be coming into this type of lifestyle. Right, and we've been in, well, I've been in this lifestyle now for almost nine years, and you're technically on how many now? Uh, 21. Right. So we've got a good amount of knowledge on our, on our end on our, and from what we've experienced and whatnot. Yeah, I but mean, it's always good. There's always you're always learning about stuff. Yes, there's and always new things. The that second come out. you think you know everything, <laughs> you don't. There's something else that comes out. It's time to give it up because uh, I believe when you start getting that ego, like you know everything, that's when you're either going to get in trouble mm-hmm. or you're going to get hurt or hurt somebody else. Yeah. So you can always be learning when it comes to this stuff. So. Now that we covered kink and fetishes, um, we can move on to what would be an overall kink is BDSM. Yeah. And uh, BDSM, that acronym stands for bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. Mm. And yeah. Nothing. Yeah, she's over here getting wet just hearing the word. (laughs) Maybe. And according to the Cambridge Dictionary, BDSM is, quote, activities, end quote, often characterized by the participants taking on roles that involve inequality of power. So what does that mean, taking on roles of inequality of power? What is your take on that, Tink? Well, it's basically the exchange between the two consenting parties. So you have... The submissive giving power to the dominant and saying that I am okay with what we are going to do with each other and what you may do to me. And I'm offering my whole self to you to be able to experience all those things. Well, possibly not your whole self because in a DS relationship. That's true. Okay. You can negotiate, you know what power you are willing to give up. That's true. And I was speaking from more of my, my slave role where I don't have that, which is what I'm okay with. I gave all that up. But if I was in more of the submissive role, then there would be that contract that would be brought up between the dominant and the submissive of what is going to be okay, not okay, hard limit, soft limit, and right. what's, what's going to be the consent for everybody. Yes, and you said contract. Now, mm-hmm. uh, for people new to BDSM, a, quote, contract is not a real contract. No, it's it's not a real it's contract. basically just a an agreement that you 
write down just so that you can look back on it in the future so that as things develop and change, you can go back and say, okay, you know, like maybe uh, spanking was a hard limit mm-hmm. at first. No spanking. But in six months, when you revisit it, the submissive could say, you know what? I kind of like spanking now, and I want to give that a go. So that would be something that you could take off that list. Right. Um, it's basically like a form where you can reevaluate from time to time and right. keep track of your progress in a way. And it gives uh, the dominant a way to uh, keep keep track of everything that you expect mm-hmm. from him or her. Uh, and the dominant then also can give you exactly what you're looking for. Because that's what it's all about, you know, is both parties pleasing each other. Correct. In the agreed ways. Right. And that's the exchange of power, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So for a dominant, if he or she wants to pick out your clothes and um, tell you what you can eat and and things like that, and if you agree to it, then that's that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But now, if you say, well, I want to pick out my own clothes, then the dominant can either say yes or no. And if he says no, then that dynamic is not going to work. Because if he One wants is- that power and you're not willing to give it up, well, and there's no compromise, then that's it. Right. You, you know? both would just wash your hands and walk away. And anybody that tries to force somebody into that doesn't belong in this lifestyle not because at all. that's that is not what we're here to do. No. You know, it's it's, it's to a, help you grow and learn about yourself and to expand from there and find all the different things that you may be into that you never thought of. Right. Um and for you that's been quite the journey. It's been it's been all over the place. Um like I remember when we were only doing things in the bedroom. That was the only place that we were doing it. So any any form of a of a scene, an impact play, um, rough sex, whatever you'd want to call it at the time as we were progressing into it, was all done in the bedroom. Nothing outside of it. Right, because when we started dating, now I had told you right up front, like right in the very beginning of us dating, that I was into BDSM. Yes. And... You said that you were curious about it. I definitely was. And I think I was curious because at the time I was technically riding that kinky line where like I I loved the rougher sex and I liked handcuffs. And so that kind of fell into like being bonded. And um, I knew that wasn't normal for a sex life. So the BDSM had me be like, okay, like funny story, actually, not to like trail off but i remember i was dating somebody at the time and they had a computer down in the basement and they were watching i'm assuming porn and it was a dungeon scene and they're all like what the fuck this is messed up what is this and i'm over here quiet as a mouse taking it all in like my eyes were they weren't big but they were invested and invested. They were they were invested. 
So I literally just kind of kept it to myself. And at the time, I had no idea what it was either. So I had no way of finding it. And I was like, wow, I'm pretty sure I was watching pleasure torture and boobs being tied up with rope in a form of the bondage and nipple clamps. And she was just squirting nonstop because she was being pleasure tortured. And I was like, nice. I'm all about that. that. And she was on a metal table. <laughs> so it had a little bit of that uh, medical play in there, too. It kind of, yeah. Very nice. So uh, when we did start dating and you said that you wanted to explore it more, mm-hmm. I had you research. Yes. You had me do a lot of research as to the role of a submissive and the different variations of that, as well as the age play that I mentioned earlier. Um, because of the fact that I had tendencies of acting like a teenager versus an adult. And kind of finding that, I guess you could say sweet spot um, of who I would see myself as going through the journey of being in a BDSM relationship. Right. And when we discussed what you wanted to start with, um, that was, there was a lot of hard limits on there. There was a lot of hard limits. And a lot Um, of soft limits. Which is fine. I mean, that's right. That's good. You don't. I didn't. Wanna... No, you didn't want to. You definitely don't want to. You know, jump in with both feet. You want to tiptoe. A lot of new submissives will do that just because they want to scare me. They want to do everything and try everything and yeah. You know, but you got to be really careful, and you definitely need to have that trust. Yeah. In your dominant or your top. Um, definitely have to build the trust. Yeah, and. That's the one thing I stressed to you was, you know, I didn't want to move too fast because it was a new relationship. Right. And we hadn't built that communication and trust to the level that, you know, we could jump right into like some of the more hardcore things in right. the lifestyle. Right. And I didn't want to scare you away or hurt you because you're the type of person that, you know, doesn't want to say uncle. Nope. I definitely, I'm, I'm one of those where I don't want to be like a sore loser, so I'll just keep going. And which I still to this day will do that. And I'll be like, no, I think it's enough. Cause like when we were at the, uh, at Pandora's and we were able to actually have a little bit of a session, we hadn't had one in a while. And it, it felt so good though, to have that flogger hitting me. And I really wanted to keep going. But at that point I was just like, I definitely need to to stop, even though I would keep myself going. Right. and But that's something that I've learned, though, too, with your guidance is to, you know, watching my body and going, okay, even though you may want to keep going, you do have to know when to stop. But because we've been together now for almost nine years, mm-hmm. um, that first two years that we really went through training with you, mm-hmm. um, we built that trust up. Oh yeah, and lots of communication with it each was other. Baby steps. Very little. For two years. Oh you know. yeah, I think we we did light. Um, I think the main tools were the flogger, the very light, small flogger, and the whip, the crop or the riding crop, not the whip. Yeah. Sorry, and, and the ruler, and the belt, and those were more well, of the punishment things. Well, the belt didn't even come in until no, that was probably almost, almost a year and a half. Yeah, that I think that was a year and a half in because. I think the first time that you uh, you used that was when I had forgotten 
a few times for things for your lunch. Yes, and it made you cry. It did. I really don't like the belt. I really don't. <laughs> that but is... that's not something that we could have done in that first year. No, definitely not. Because you there was a lot of ready for that. There was a lot of uh, those baby steps to get to that point. Because otherwise it would have just been your hand for a discipline that I needed. And for you, that doesn't always work because, I mean, at first you don't like the pain. But then once you hit that certain point, yeah. then you do. And yeah. it stops becoming a punishment then. Right. So then you, as we've gotten further in, you've been able to use different things that no matter what, I still don't like it. Exactly. And, you know, that's all part of evolving in mm-hmm. the dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. And especially for you, because once you hit that like two year mark, you were really excited to move into a slave role. Yeah. Um, I think it was where I kind of felt like being in a submissive role, it wasn't enough anymore. Um, And I kind of felt like I could keep going and I wanted to see how far I could go. And that's also, I think at the same time where we decided to do the 24 seven and then everything would be encompassed together. Right, because up until that point, I mean, we kind of were in a 24-7 dynamic in a DS yeah. way, um, but you still wanted to hang on to a bunch of power in your personal life. Yeah. Like, you didn't want to give up uh, certain things like your uh, finances and mm-hmm. um, at first you didn't want to give up your ability to just go and do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like without permission. Yeah. And then as time went on, all those things in your personal life, I wouldn't tell you what to do, but I would give you my advice or suggest things. Right. And as you came to realize that I was usually looking out for you and I had your best interest in mind, then you were like, you know what? I'd rather just have you make these decisions. Yeah. Or if I wanted to do certain things, like I would just run it by you and then let you be like, yeah, that works. Or no, we have this planned or, you know, this needs to be done instead at that time. And I'd be like, okay. So it was less thinking for me, which was kind of helpful. Yeah. Because you have the type of personality that you don't want to have to think about all those little things. No. I definitely don't. And when you do, you can easily be overwhelmed. Yes. Yes. Because like all the little things will just pile up and then I'm definitely overwhelmed. So for us, this type of dynamic really works. Yes. Where for somebody who might be, say, super organized and uh, has really good time management and uh, money management and stuff like that, that type of dynamic may not work as well because they'll want to be more independent in that way. Yeah. But for you, you're like, no, you do it. <laughs> it definitely takes a little bit of pressure off of me, but I'm sure it adds something to you, which. Oh, um, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't feel your any, strong shoulders can handle it. Yeah, I don't feel any pressure. No. Ever. Ever. So uh, what do you feel uh, has been the biggest benefit of the, of the BDSM lifestyle for you? I think the biggest benefit for it was just to be able to see myself 
grow in to a I guess the woman that I was trying to find when I was younger. And I, I say younger, but in my early twenties. Um, so over the time that we've d- developed our relationship, um, you know, I like before I've always kind of had a kinkier side to myself and didn't really know why, but now I know why. And there's the reason for it, which is I get more of a structure from the BDSM, which if I don't have that, I'm like a wild goose running around. I don't, or I don't, I don't know what else you would call me really squirrel, butterfly, whatever kind of brain power I've got going on right there. <laughs> Basically right there. I couldn't even get words out. That's exactly how my brain works. So right. by having the BDSM in there, it's helps me just function overall. Um, just sometimes even to get daily tasks done because I have a regimen of what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to get done and what's expected of me. And I think in the bedroom too, it's, it, it helped because when we first started dating, uh, you had not even had an orgasm from having sex. No, no. I was all clit stimulated. Um, and, you had and I had to, to use yourself. toys. Yeah. You had to do it all by yourself. Yeah. I had to do it all by myself, but yeah, I've gotten to the point where now in multiple positions and I've get, I get variations as well. Um, it's not just from the clit. Um, and I get variations from the vaginal orgasm as well. So they're all different waves that I'll feel. Some are a little bit more intense. Some are more of like a tickling sensation and some are where like I'll gush and squirt, like they're all over the place. And that comes from having that mindset. Mm hmm. From the BDSM lifestyle yeah. of being in your either submissive at the, at that time mm-hmm. or... Or now like the slave role. Because right. um, you don't have to think about outside stuff. No. You're focused I, on... The right here and then. Yes. Yeah. And for somebody like you that has like an ADHD brain... Basically is what I have. Um, that can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it takes the right partner to help with that. Right. Because they need to completely understand literally how my brain works. And if you can't, you can't get me to come or you can't get me to focus to what's going on. And if there's an outside noise while we're fucking, I'm not really going to be paying attention anymore. Even though like I'm there physically, I'm not mentally. But in our dynamic, you have me physically and utmost mentally. Right. So uh, for our listeners, if they're starting their journey into learning about BDSM and stuff, um, they really need to be careful when picking a partner. Mm -hmm. And I I would say finding a dominant of any level is probably more important, like that you take your time and find a good one, even compared to like finding a boyfriend. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're going in the route of trying to follow your path in the BDSM, and you want to be a submissive or a slave, start out obviously as a submissive. Um, I do feel like finding a dominant who understands you and where you're trying to go outside of getting a relationship is the way to be. I mean, it it may sound weird at first because you're like, but I want a boyfriend. Maybe he ends up being that for you, 
But if not, he at least could be or she could be the person that gets your path started in the right direction and builds a solid foundation. Right. And to find, you know, a good dominant, you need to get out into your local communities. Um, if you have a, a BDSM community in your area, find out where their munches are. Um, it's just a informal gathering, usually at a restaurant or bar or something where they meet, you know, like once a month or something. And you can meet people in public mm-hmm. and kind of get to know everybody. And once you do find somebody, you want to vet them uh, the best you can. You, know? you want to describe what the vetting means? Well, basically it's just getting information on the person from others in the community. Um, any past submissives, uh, other dominants who may have uh, done scenes with them or uh, people that just know them in general in the kink world because you don't want to start a dynamic with somebody and find out that they're batshit crazy, you know, or that they're using the lifestyle to be an abuser. And -hmm. there are people out there that will do that. Unfortunately. Yes. So stay clear of those. You always need to keep, you know, your safety number one. Um, and as far as like what you were saying about finding a boyfriend and, and, and stuff, if you want to be a submissive, Find a dominant. If you want to be a girlfriend, find a boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. it's very hard for it to go the other way around. Right. Because you could meet the greatest guy or mm-hmm. the greatest woman and then tell them, hey, I want to get into this. They may not have any interest in it. Mm-hmm. Or they may just do it to make you happy, but they're not into it. And it's going to show. won't work. Right. Exactly. So this is kind of about... Kind of about uh, knowing yourself mm-hmm. and what you really want and what's going to make you happy. And if you feel like a kinky lifestyle is going to make you happy, then you have to take the steps to make that happen. Right. So a good resource for finding your local communities would be FetLife. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to caution people on FetLife because there are a lot of fakes on there and people that basically just want to pretend to be kinky and they don't want to put any effort into uh, learning about the lifestyle. They just want to pretend like they are an almighty dominant and you must do whatever they say from the very first message. And if that's what you pick up on, that is already your first red flag. That's, that's a block and delete. (laughs) And that goes with any platform just because you are submissive does not mean that you are their submissive. And a lot of people don't remember that. Well, the, the thing to remember is that being the submissive, you are the one who is in control because you are the one who. Whoa, is... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what do you mean? That's, that's got it. That sounds like complete bullshit. The submissive is in charge. Yes. You didn't know that. <laughs> so this I've been time? I've been doing this wrong for 21 years. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> no. You're exactly right. Yes. I mean, you can't have a dynamic 
with a power exchange. Correct. If the bottom or the submissive doesn't exchange the power. Correct. So <laughs> you are the one who is legit in control. So if you don't give that power exchange, there's nothing happening. Exactly. And if anyone tries to force that exchange, that's a huge red flag, and it's time to get rid of that person. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we've gone over some of the, like, the super basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about toys and implements. Oh. Yeah, you know, like a little... Ooh. Oh, I don't even have one of the little floggers. I could like, whip it across <laughs> my hand. Like, ooh. I might um, be whipping it on myself, but. <laughs> which implement would you say has become your favorite? The heavy flogger. Heavy floggers. Yes. So the heavy flogger is basically, it has a handle on one end, and it has double loops of leather on the other and it leaves more of a thuddy pain, which then leaves to then the bruises, which is what I love the most. So, yes, you are a bruise whore. Yes, I am. I just love them. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so you're not a fan of the stingy no. pain? No, I am not. No. No. But I know the, you love it so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's the stuff that usually gets you to cry. It does, but it makes me cry, like, instantly, and I don't want to cry instantly. I want to, like, work myself up to be like, okay, I've got this. I don't want to give it away to you right away. <laughs> so now, you are a masochist. Yes, which means I love pain. But you're kind of a different type of masochist. I, I am, because, like, yes, I love pain, but I love certain types of pain. Right, you're not just like a pain slut. Like you right. don't like all pain. No, just certain kinds of pain. Just certain kinds of pain. But then it also depends, I think, on my mood too, because sometimes, like, I'm in a mood where like I want more, so I'll I'll take more, and I seem to handle it like my body just takes it in a little bit differently than other times. So it for whatever reason it fluctuates. Um, so there's sometimes where. I mean, you have used the cane on me before, and I've liked it on my backside and a little bit on my front, like my inner thighs in the front. I didn't like it on the boobs, um, but like obviously, like I I took it like a champ. Um, but it was a, it was different, stingy, and then same as um, the electric play with the bug zapper. Oh yeah, I always will call it the bug zapper because that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun toy. It was a fun toy. And being blindfolded made it even worse. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I went doored through it. Um, and, again, that was, like, one of those weird things where it's not something that I would have wanted to do. Um, and it probably would have, like, you know, you hear the zapping, of course, so that already gets your body, like, jumping. And then to have it, have it touch you, some parts of your body was okay with it. And other times, I don't know if it was a combination of your body jumping from hearing the zap and the exact contact of your skin with it at the same time. And that would, like, send me over the edge where I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can keep going. Well, it also didn't help that that was happening around your vagina, too. Well, even on my nipples, it was the same way. So it it was kind of interesting. So it, it didn't give a different or stronger zap? No. When it was down no. by your 
vagina? No, it was all like those were all very heightened feelings where like when it was on my thigh or like on my stomach, not as much of a reaction. But when, of course, like, you know, your nipples and, and your vagina is a little bit more sensitive. Um, but for some reason, like, I don't know, I could handle it in that aspect where most times I wouldn't. Okay. So uh, with the implements mm-hmm. side of it, so heavy flogger is your favorite. Oh, yeah. What is your least favorite? My least favorite? Hmm. Hmm. That, really gotta think about I am really one. thinking about this one. I'm like trying to think through like a whole our whole bag of toys and like things that we've also used from from parties that I was like, yeah, no, I really didn't like that one. Um, okay, it's probably going to be the dragon's tail. <laughs> the dragon's tail. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. <sighs> and I think it's because we don't get to to use it too often. Well, yeah. Because it, it leaves lots of marks. It does. It does. And I like to wear less clothing all the time. So <laughs> Yeah, now that we live in the South, oh, gosh, and you're yeah. always wearing less clothing, it's like, God, I can't leave any marks anywhere. Well, because well, your bathing suits don't cover anything either. But hey, we are almost into fall, so I will have longer shorts-ish and leggings again and jeans, so it'll start covering stuff. Well, that's good, because... I'm itching to uh, have an impact session soon. Oh, I am too. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, good. Um, now, if you uh, could pick any implement that we haven't used, mm-hmm. what would that be? One that we haven't used. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one that we haven't used... Well, okay. Have, like, have we ever used it before? No. Oh. I know I'm putting you on the spot. You for are. This one. Wow. Okay. Because um, I had one that we've used, but only used it once. But um, okay, which one was that? That was the the violet wand that had the attachments oh, with the okay. string. Like that one, we've only used it one time, and that was oh man, six years ago. No, no five. It was like four years ago. Feels longer. But yeah, okay. But one that we've never used. Ooh. You really did put me on the spot on that one. I know. Am I going to start playing the Jeopardy theme song? Or? Oh my God. You <laughs> might have to. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So we haven't used anything that was like super heavy as far as like like chain mail. We haven't used any kind of like flogger that was made out of that. So and like a metal flogger? Yeah, we have not used anything like that yet. We've done everything that was made out of leather. We've done the feather, which, you know, that does absolutely nothing for me. Um, well, that's more for... Uh, the sensation. Yeah. Sensual stuff. And we don't do that. No, but we, we may get a, a friend that does that on here, and he can talk yes. all about that. Yeah, because... I'm a sadist. Yes. And for those of you who don't exactly know what a sadist is, I like to hurt people, both physically and emotionally and mentally. Um, Which is why we work so well. Yeah. And there's a lot of dominants out there who are more sensual. They're a sensual dominant. There are a lot of them, I've noticed. So I always find it actually kind of 
fun when we go to parties and we play because we're at the total different end of the spectrum. <laughs> well, I feel like in the swing world, especially, you see a lot more sensual dominance. You definitely do. it attracts women. Well, yeah, because it's the feel good, like, ooh, yeah. touch me. You know, it's the whole, like light flogging and feathers. Yeah, all the stuff that arouses you and gets you excited. And they, not all of them, but a lot of guys use that to attract women to them. Which is, hey, if that's your angle. Hey, if it works and in the end she, like, stays with you, then great. But a lot of times I think they just take that and then they leave. Yeah, and a lot of those guys kind of get a little creepy. A little don't they mean do. to like down anybody, but no. we we've seen it first. Yeah, which is the only reason why we why we say it is just because they do give a weird creeper vibe, and you're just kind of like, okay. And then for whatever reason, matter of fact, they do this weird, well, not weird, but they do this sensual version of it, and you're just kind of like, okay. So you're just like the other guy that does the sensual stuff too. Like, okay, right. they're all trying to get laid. They they really are. Which hey, like you said, if that's your angle and it works for you. Awesome. More power to you. Yeah. And like when I do a scene, I really don't give a shit about getting off. Like, no, you don't. It's not about sex for me. And it's not even f- that for me either. I mean, I am a masochist, but I don't have to come from what happens. There are some that can. I would love if, to maybe have that happen a few times just to see what it was like. But I don't need that. I like the end result. It's all the bruises. Right. And for me, you know, I get off from inflicting that pain. Right. And seeing the reactions. Right. And hearing the crying and screams. I love the tears to come down my face or anybody's face. Right. And, you know, that that scares a lot of people away. It does. I'm kind of like the big bad wolf. Yeah. But hey, I'm okay with that because I would rather play with people who want that mm-hmm. than just anybody who wants to feel good for 15 minutes. Right. You know, so I'm okay with being the mean guy. I'm good at it. You are very good at it. I'll take it. <laughs> like one thing I definitely uh, want to get us is... An anal hook. Oh, yeah. We have talked about doing that. Yeah, because I want to braid that into your hair. My hair is not long enough. With rope. Oh, yeah, Yeah. we we have to use some rope. My hair used to be really long that, like, we wouldn't need a whole lot of rope. Now we're going to need a whole lot of rope because it's, like, short as hell now. It's okay. It, It would be worth it. I mean, it would be a really, really hot thing to do. And also to take pictures that way, too. Yes, that's another thing that uh, I really love about the BDSM world is the art aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the bondage in the Shibari. You have the exactly. art of you know tying everybody with the certain knots and the way it hits certain points of the body and what your body does as a response to it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of beautiful aspects to BDSM. Mm-hmm. And kink, you know, not just BDSM, but all kink. It can be a very artful thing if you make it. And 
like I really appreciate the people and like the photographers and uh, like the videographers and stuff that depict that. Yeah. I mean, it does. It looks beautiful. And not all of it's like, you know, the dungeon scene. Like a lot of it's like out in the woods, just hanging out in nature and just Yeah, that'd relaxed. be really hot to tie somebody up out in the woods and like just leave them there for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a creek by us, but it gets visited by people. So they may frown upon that, but they have a really pretty tree that's right by the water and the, by the river or whatever. And it'd be so pretty. Yeah. Can you imagine getting walked up on as you're hanging from a tree? <laughs> <laughs> All bound in rope. I mean, if you were just hanging there chilling, Maybe they'd leave you alone, or they might panic thinking you needed to be rescued. They'd probably call the cops. <laughs> that would be a difficult... Uh, I, trying to explain yeah. that? Well, you see, officer. No. <laughs> I have I have my contract with them. They said it's okay. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, what is something that you're uh, hoping to get into in the BDSM world in the coming, you know, months, like what's something new that you want to either try or that you want to, uh, maybe add to your service. Um, well, the one that I've definitely been thinking about is the knife play. Um, of course, because it has been one of my really hard limits that even being a slave that is something that I I I just I could not really wrap my head around it. Um I didn't really write it off completely. It was just one of those like well we're, we're going to have to work up to that. Um but I'm a little bit more intrigued like I like I was when I was a submissive at first and you know, then became intrigued about becoming a slave. I'm in that same kind of mindset when it comes to the knife play. I mean, you know, do it slow and however I trust you. So I would want to just try it. Obviously, no blood. I'm not about blood. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're really about blood. I don't know if that was one of your things that you were okay with or not. Well, I mean, I'm not into blood play, but I mean... With sharp objects, there's usually a little bit of blood. Well, we'll have to see on that one. You know, because it's like with needle play. Well, yeah. Like when I do needle play with with people, it's there's blood. This is it's, true. It's not the goal, but it's a byproduct. Right. So I guess that could potentially happen. Um, so that would be one of the more extreme things that I would want to start adventuring into. Um, one that we've already talked about that I'd like to do more of is wax play. Um, and that is just cause it feels really good. And I love like it falling down my butt and I'd like to, to experience that again. Um, and I would love to take pictures. Of yes. That. Yes. I was just going to say that I wanted because to get pictures of it. You have a great ass. Well, thank you. It's hard work. And it is hard work. <laughs> I've been trying to build this booty for years for you. <laughs> For me, yes. For you, but you like booties. I, I do. But. And I'm and and I have got the boobs now, so I've always wanted a butt. So it's kind of like a win-win, because like you don't really care about the tits. I always cared about the tits, so I've got those. I don't got to work for that no more. But now I got to work on the booty more. 
But I mean, it's working for both yeah. of us. I mean, I loved your tiny booty. I know. That's because you could one hand palm it. Yeah. Now it's, I don't know if you can one hand it no, anymore. No, not really. I mean, <laughs> you're doing good work. I'm putting work in, man. Work, work, work. <laughs> so that's all that you want to try is the knife play? Well, and- the other one that I was kind of talk- talking to myself about is doing the consent, non-consent. Consensual, non-consent? Yes. Yeah, that's a big favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a a risky endeavor uh, for any couple or dynamic because um, there's a lot of things that could turn into triggers there. And Yeah, and the, and it could be triggers that you didn't even know existed. Right. Um, so that's – it would be something that we would definitely, like, talk about, and we probably could only do it when we were completely alone. Well, we didn't yeah. have to worry about anything. We had both time off, so we could, you know – have the scene and then discuss the scene afterwards and then, you know, make sure that anything that comes up as a problem would be handled right away. And then problem as in, you know, not having, you know, having an issue with something that came up that you didn't know was going to trigger you basically. Right. That's definitely a big one. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get to that before our next uh, vacation. Oh yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, that would be difficult to pull off, but but the other two we might be able. Well, definitely the the wax play. Yeah. Um, but we can work up to the knife play. Definitely, I think within a year. I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not really anything too crazy. Oh, see, I guess my brain is just going like oh, a yeah. mile a minute of what it could be. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the fear aspect of it. I know, and because then I'm even thinking, I'm like, mm, but if I'm blindfolded, maybe it'll feel different. But, yeah. Well, I mean, the fear is in your head. Yes, definitely. You've been cut a million times throughout your life. You know what it feels like. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I always want it to happen. Right. <laughs> but it's the the fear in your head that's making you, like, all crazy about it. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet right here on this podcast. Uh-huh. That the first time that we do knife play, uh-huh. you come back on here during the next kink show after that. Right. And be like, I don't know what I was so afraid of. Like, whether or not. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> like, whether or not you you liked it. Uh-huh. You'll come back and say, I don't know why I was so afraid. Like, that was kind of silly of me. I mean, I can't I can't say that I think that you're wrong because, like, you're only wrong, like, maybe 1% of the time. So, I mean, maybe you're right. But there's only one way to find out, so. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking the way you do. I no, mean, and it's, it's actually a very normal thinking process when it comes to trying new things that you're not used to or you have a either a stigma towards it or you know you you think of a hundred different uh variations of what could happen or you know how you'll interpret it as the actual scene happens right and then when it's all said and done you'll be like are you kidding me 
Like I was yeah. this worried and hyped up for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that would basically be like how I was when we did the electric play and then also when we did the wax play that one time. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, oh, that was it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I overreacted. Well, thank you, Tink, for uh, giving the submissive side of things tonight. Well, you're welcome. And uh, if anybody has questions involving this, please feel free to message us on our Facebook page. Um, that is the kitchen sink ENM and kink on Facebook and on uh, Podbean. You can find us on there. That's where this podcast is hosted. Um, and we are also on Every major podcasting app out there now, except for Pandora. They're just taking forever. They're dragging their fucking feet. It's because of our content. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> or it's because of our sweet new logo. Oh, maybe. But that logo is pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. It is. Uh, shout out sweet. to Fiverr and the dude that made that stuff. He uh, did a great really job. Um, so, yeah, you can message us on there. Uh, at Gmail, it's the kitchen sink, ENM and kink at gmail.com. Yep. Um, and then find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Oh, that's another one. Yep. All the big ones. And hopefully, uh, next week we will have some special guests. Um, yep. I'm in the works on that. So just trying to get. Uh, the rest of the week filled out. Yeah, we're going to try and get some poly and BDSM mixed. Yes. Uh, with a poly thruple. Yep, they are a thruple. That is also into BDSM, which is the same dynamic that Tink and I have, except right now we don't have a girlfriend. No. Um, but We need that dun, dun, dun sound. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have that. But I do have uh, the angry sound. Yeah, I mean, kind of upset about it, but it's okay. Um, yeah. So that will probably be our show next week. I don't know if you're going to be able to be on with us, though. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm not sure on. Um, we'll have to kind of play it by ear and just see. We have the whole time difference. Since yeah. we're in uh, Central Time and most of our guests are in Eastern. So. That sucks. But, it does make things a little tricky. But uh, we will do our best to have you on if we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not, then we will see you on the episode after that. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, hope you have a great week. And be sure to... Uh, to find us on Facebook Please and do. let us know how we're doing because we're new to this and we would just want to make sure that uh, we're giving you guys what you want. And I'd love to answer questions too. So yes, you can Tink. even leave us questions on Facebook. Tink loves answering questions. I do. All right. And on that note, we will see you again next week. And that's our show. Thank you very much. Tune in next week.